welcome to Hotbox number 21. Um, this is back to our somewhat insane search of uh, piano players filed under various letters of the alphabet, starting with A, and we've reached H. And we have an embarrassment of riches in the file for H. I have to admit uh, that earlier I was wondering how we were going to fill some of those shows. Uh, piano players filed under B, for example, were fairly scarce. But with H, we've got up to 17 that I can count without blinking an eye. There are, however, no recorded Irish pianists filed under H, and I'm sad to say that, but if you know of any Irish pianists, including uh, players who've settled abroad, perhaps, please, please do get in touch with me directly. Donald at jazzireland.ie will reach me, or you can possibly tinker around on the website and find other ways of getting a message to me. So the upshot is that we may not be able to cover every H player in Hotbox 21, but we'll allow ourselves to stray over into the letter I in about four weeks' time, because predictably, I guess, I is kind of rarer than H. So let's start. We're covering a wide range of jazz styles going right back to the formative years, as well as a couple of the really big beasts like Herbie Hancock and Earl Hines. Maybe we'll let Gene Harris get us underway, a master of the funky blues styling, a long and successful career. And uh, this is an original, it's called Old Funky Jeans. Thank you. 
Gene Harris there with his long-standing quartet. Ron Eshte was the guitarist, Luther Hughes on the bass, and Paul Humphrey was the drummer. Um, Gene was uh, initially very prominent as the pianist and, I suppose, de facto leader of the three sounds. And as you could plainly hear there, he was really steeped in the blues and gospel. Um, he has a massive catalogue of recordings, uh, both as the three sounds and, and um, which are on Blue Note. He was three sounds from 1958 to 1970. And latterly then, after a sort of vague retirement in the 70s, he came back and he recorded many albums on the Concord label. The track we just heard was from the Funky Jeans album, dating from 1994. Now, I don't recall the exact year, but he did come to Ireland. He headlined at the Belfast Jazz Festival, and I went up to hear him. He was with a local band that he literally met and shook hands with on stage when he came on. And that actually just wasn't a problem at all. You'd never have known it. It just was a very seamless and a great night of highly infectious bluesy music. Well, as I said, uh, we were going to scan pretty much all of jazz in the hotbox this time around, and so let's shoot right back to the early days with Art Hodes. Uh, he was a, a rigid devotee of Jelly Roll Morton and never deviated from what he believed to be the only true jazz. This is a, a piece from a late recording. He was in his he was in his eighties, uh, not in his nineties, eighties. He didn't manage to reach ninety, but the ghost of Jelly Roll Morton was certainly haunting the keyboard. This is Wolverine Blues. Thank you. 
Art Hodes with Jelly Roll Morton's Wolverine Blues. Morton originally recorded that in 1923, but the recording you just heard was made in 1988 when Hodes was 84. He I said he didn't make 90, he didn't, he made 89. Um, Incidentally, he was born in the Ukraine, uh, but taken by his parents when he was very small to America. And there he had a reasonably successful career, adhering frigidly to jazz's original values.
from uh, Andrew Hill, Reconciliation. It was his piano playing and his composition. And I dare say uh, Hill was one of the most gifted of that generation, which was in its 30s in the 1960s. He was a fluent composer and pianist who began his career in Chicago. Um, He was regarded, indeed was, in the avant-garde, as that track I think illustrated quite well. It was recorded in 1964. Um, that was a real super group too. Bobby Hutchison was the vibe player, uh, Richard Davis on the bass and Elvin Jones on the drums. He certainly revered Thelonious Monk and you could hear some of that coming through, I think. Uh, he referred to Monk as his Ravel or Debussy. As you could hear in that piece also, playing against the rhythm was one of his characteristics. He was a bit of a secret, really, for most of his life. Uh, Despite abundant recordings, he never ignited the whole jazz world's interest in the way many of his Blue Note recording contemporaries did, such as this one, Herbie Hancock. Thank you. 
Herbert Hancock there, better known to you and me as Herbie Hancock, with his own composition, Triangle, from 1964, the same year in which Andrew Hill recorded the track we heard previously. Rather a difference, I think. At that time, uh, Hancock was a member of Miles Davis's second great quintet in the rhythm section alongside the unbelievably young Tony Williams and uh, Ron Carter, who I'm happy to say is still pounding away today. Um, the track was recorded in very much a, a Miles Davis manner with no uh, predirection for the other musicians except a broad outline. He called that one triangle because it was a, it uh, fell into three distinct sections, breaking out into 12-8 time in the middle there. Um, it was from his uh, third Blue Note album, which is called Inventions and Dimensions, not one of his most famous and popular albums. Paul Chambers was the bass player, Willie Bobo on drums and Osvaldo Martinez on the conga. We'll certainly come back to some more recent and more famous and, dare I say it, slightly more commercial Hancock later in the show. Right now, though, we'll go to the venerable Dick Hyman.
Truly wonderful player, and what a beautiful recording of that hit song, uh, Think the Andrews Sisters, by Mia Bistouchern, recorded live in the Maybeck Hall in Berkeley, California in 1990. The whole concert consisted of the music of 1937, and that, the sleeve notes tell me, was the biggest hit of the year. Hyman, uh, one of Gay Byrne's favourites, incidentally, he appeared on The Late Late Show at least once, I can only remember once, maybe more often. He was born in 1920, and I'm happy to report that he's still with us. A real master technician, impeccable timing, superb harmonic sense, not to mention great physicality. Really makes the heart sing. And maybe that's a cue for this. The hot spot in which we take pieces from new recordings and maybe explore the outer edges of the definitions we've become accustomed to. First up, the gorgeous Honor Heffernan, surely the doyenne of all jazz singers in Ireland, and her new album is a recording uh, of Trevor Knight's music and the words of the remarkable Dorothy Parker, one of the great wits of the pre-Second World War years in New York, a journalist with The New Yorker indeed, famous for her barbed and pithy comments. The album, which is called The Whistling Girl, is an accompaniment to a stage show of the same name and is very theatrical in style. The band um, bristles with good musicians and jazz musicians and jazz-infused styling, but as far as Honor's concerned, in her recorded context at least, and she has three jazz albums to her name, this is really quite a departure. It's not a departure for her at all because, of course, she's not just a jazz singer, she's also a very experienced actress. I do not like my state of mind I'm bitter, querulous, unkind 
I hate my legs, I hate my hands I do not yearn for lovelier lands I do not like my state of mind I do not yearn for lovely lands I dread the dawn's recurrent light I hate to go to bed at night I sneer at simple earnest folk I cannot take the gentlest show I find no peace in paint or tie I am not well My quantum dreams are shot to hell My soul has crushed my spirit sore I do not like me anymore I cavil, quarrel, grumble, grouse I ponder on the narrow house I shudder at the thought of men I'm due to fall in love again I find no and the music of Trevor Knight with the scabrous words of Dorothy Parker. The new album is called The Whistling Girl. Maybe to give you a better all-round flavour, here's the short title track. Trifling one, instead of steady man's cloth and cup and 
I told you we try for contrast in the hot spot. That's Honor's new album with that title, The Whistling Girl. I hope it's in the shops or, or maybe it'll find its way into Jazz Ireland's online shop. I hope so. But it's certainly an, an album that you should consider. It's really very good fun and it kind of grows on you too because the words are so good and Honor is just a revelation. Marvellous. Well, the other candidate in the hot spot is Hiromi and Edmar Castaneda, live in Montreal. <laughs>
the pianist Hiromi with the Colombian harp player Edmar Castaneda, or Castaneda, I guess it should be, with the John Williams piece Cantina Band from the Star Wars soundtrack. Both players are New York-based, but originally from Japan and, as I said, from Colombia, respectively. It's simply called Live in Montreal, and the album is on the Telarc label, and undoubtedly that will be in the shops. And, of course, since this programme is a look into the pianists filed under the letter H, how convenient to find Hiromi with a new album. Some people may remember her appearance in Cork a few years ago. Very uh, percussive and exciting piano player. And uh, I don't know whether I'd describe the next pianist that way. Earl Hines. say one of the most important pieces of jazz ever recorded. Weatherbird is the title of that. Unmistakably Louis Armstrong and the piano of Earl Hines. Earl Hines went on much to great, much greater degree than Armstrong to embrace the developments in jazz uh, towards the uh, modern era. Let's check out his approach to um, T for Two, recorded in 1965, recorded live in the Village Vanguard. This was one of his party pieces, but then, of course, it was a party piece for quite a lot of pianists as well.
Bill Hines at the Village Vanguard with Gene Ramey on the bass and Eddie Locke was the drummer. A good demonstration, I think, of a seminal player, one of the founders of jazz, really, one of the founders of jazz as we know it, embracing the somewhat newer harmonic ideas while still holding on to the core of tradition. Well, alas, we're approaching the moment when we have to close the lid on the hot box, but not before we've heard from one of this generation's most important players. We'll defer the considerable list of H-file pianists until a future hotbox in a few weeks' time, so watch out for that. It will include Barry Harris, uh, Jutta Hips, Dan Hope, David Hazeltine, Eddie Higgins and Julia Holzman, and of course the more modern music of Herbie Hancock, which I promised you. Right now, though, it's time for a long piece from Fred Hirsch, taken from a recording he made in 2015, solo. Um, As any music lover will confirm, uh, there are some players that seem somehow to speak directly to you, and for me, Bill Evans was one of those, and so is Fred Hirsch.
marvellous Fred Hirsch there with a combination of Antonio Carlos Jobim's Hola Maria and O Grande Amor, taken from the album simply called Solo. Twelve minutes, I think, of sheer magic. And he says in the liner notes that he knew he was in the zone that evening, and it certainly showed. Uh, recording in a small concert hall there in upstate New York. Alas, the hotbox is uh, about to close, but I'm happy to tell you that it is attracting larger and larger audiences. Uh, but please, more. Do tell your friends from everywhere in the world to tune in. And, and of course, they can talk to me directly, donald at jazzisland.ie. If you have been, thanks for listening.